the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. One seven days past Friday the 13th. That was last Friday. That was a rough Friday. You know, uh, I got a lot of compliments, uh, I will say, about uh, the show last Friday because I, you know, spoke about what it was like taking a verdict in a homicide case and the the, the stakes that that were involved. And, you know, just to let you know the commitment that um, at least I have and the lawyers around me have, um, you don't shed those... um, those incidents too too easily in other words it's not like ah oh, that was a case last week it's over with ah oh, let's forget about it that's not how it feels it, it this when you feel that you didn't get the result that you want in any case uh and, and you're a passionate advocate um as i will describe myself and those around me here in my law firm it 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 sticks around and it, it stuck around here all week and it's interesting for those of you who are in business and I read business books, and those of you who are leaders in government, uh, and I try to learn from those of you who, whom I, who I admire. I guess, you know, whether I like it or not, I'm kind of the head of this law firm, my dollar, Bertuna and Cammons. And, you know, when my energy level is down or when I'm a little, let's say, uh, fishimmeled, as we say in Sicily, you know, that that is, I guess, as contagious as when I'm all hopped up and all happy and ready to go. Um and I, I could just tell, like, the, the vibe in, in my little world this week was, uh, it was a little off. It was a little quiet and a little more um, reserved than it normally is. You know, we're normally in here as lawyers, as New Yorkers, um, just trying to hit every ball right out of the park. And uh, this week we were kind of just, you know, happy hitting singles. Uh, you know, there's... When you were, when I was a prosecutor and you would try a case, you know, the harm had already been done. And, you know, someone had already been killed. Someone had already been robbed. Uh, you know, someone had already been burglarized. And so if the verdict comes in against you as a prosecutor, yes, you want to do justice. But there's no one on the, on the other end, like, hysterically crying that they just got robbed. They just got burglarized. Their family members just got, got killed. Um... But when you're on the other side of the aisle, when you're a defense attorney, especially when you have a client who's at liberty and you don't get the result that you want. And then the judge says, you know, OK, uh, put the handcuffs on him and, and go out, go out the other door, that you, not the door that you came in. 
um, it's devastating. And especially when you're working on a case like I've been fortunate enough to work on through the majority of my career where, you know, you really think that the facts uh, are at least debatably are on your side. You know, people are like, oh, how do you sit around and represent all of these guilty people? Well, thank God we live in a country where, yes, the majority of the people I represent are guilty of something. Uh, wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a country uh, or a state or a city or a borough where people were being falsely arrested all the time? They really did nothing wrong. and They were just having, having handcuffs slapped on them. So we're fortunate to live in a society where law enforcement, the majority of the time, uh, are correct. Uh, then there's that other portion where they're correct that someone did something wrong, but maybe not as wrong as they think. And then there's that other section where they just made a mistake. The way uh, a doctor can make a mistake, the way an accountant on your taxes can make a mistake, the way your mechanic, when he thinks he fixed something that's wrong with your car and you drive it for another day and he didn't, made a mistake. And these are honest mistakes. Sometimes through the course of law enforcement, there are not so honest mistakes because at times there's been so much pressure on law enforcement to uh, close out a case or solve a case. I mean, the very first murder case I had as a criminal defense attorney, they totally framed a guy who was misidentified by, well, I, let me take that back. The guy wasn't framed. Uh, someone misidentified him. Uh, several people actually misidentified him. And then the uh, detectives assigned to the case ran with it as opposed to being detectives and investigating. And this guy is so lucky, my client, Rashid. Ooh, I should remember his name. It was, it's a long time ago. It's 25 years ago. Um, he's so lucky that he, there was a detective, uh, Richie Britson, who he did the investigation on his own, even though he wasn't the primary detective involved because it was a homicide and he wasn't a homicide detective. And he pulled me aside because he knew me as a prosecutor. And he said, Artie, there's something that's not right here. I know there's a couple of people that have identified him. I know he has a signed confession, but there's something not right here. When he was giving his confession, he's got all these facts that are wrong. He's got the type of gun used that was wrong, the type of shots that went off that were wrong, where he was standing was wrong. There's something that, the, and God bless Detective Richie Britson, because he then turned me on to some evidence. He goes, you should check this out and check that out, and I did. And here's a guy who was, he was accused of shooting seven people in broad daylight in the Fulton Mall in downtown Brooklyn. A hundred percent, his guilt was guaranteed if you look at it from a 10,000 feet in the air. And you had one detective working with me, a former prosecutor, like when I say former, by like weeks I was a former prosecutor, as a defense attorney, and we were able to prove that he, he absolutely did not, he wasn't even in the borough. My client was in Queens when this took place in Brooklyn. And that was only because of the, Great police work by one detective, unlike the said, the best way to look at it is negligent police work by others. The worst way to look at it for them is deliberate, like, hey, we got a guy, they identified him, who cares if he's guilty or not, as long as we make the collar and we, we get the statistic of closing out a case. So, um, but let, let me not digress too much. When you get a verdict like I did a week ago today, like Mike Chacarino and I did, that you're not pleased with, it really does linger with you. I can see in my office my colleague, Mike Sabella, who is a spectacular trial attorney. He does civil cases and criminal cases. You know, he knows what I'm talking about. And we, commis we commiserated about it all week long. And, you know, 
people are all so fascinated about this Johnny Depp trial and, and uh, you know, defamation. And I'm not, like, totally minimizing it. But if you look at, at the homicide case that I tried, which was a self-defense case, so it was really up to the jury. And the jury found that he wasn't trying to kill anyone, that he was trying to seriously, physically injure someone. And you look at the our, our 11-year-old little friend who we lost this week, and, and there was an arrest. I'm going to talk about that with uh, um, DEA President Paul DiGiacomo momentarily. Uh, and there was a couple who were burned in a car after they were shot. You know, like, okay, you could have your, your, your defamation case in London, and it's the lead story right now, Johnny Depp in all, all the newspapers. And I guess my theme of the whole week is we cannot tolerate living in a society where today we had a tribute for NYPD police officers who well, actually r- r- rose or promoted to the levels of Detective Jason Rivera at Wilbert Mora at their station house uh, on <clears throat> and their station house in Manhattan, where they put a plaque up commemorating their their service. You know, we, no more plaques for fallen police officers. No more eleven-year-old girls, uh, babies, really, uh, getting killed doing nothing at five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, if it's it's two o'clock in the morning, okay, you know, I don't know, nothing they say, nothing with a nothing happens good at two o'clock in the morning in a bar with a belly full of beer. This was an 11-year-old at 5 o'clock in the afternoon with her backpack on. Uh, and what did they do? They arrested a 15-year-old today. And now, I thought the 15-year-old was the 14-year-old they were looking for. No, the 15-year-old was actually the 18-year-old they're looking for. And now, they're looking for the 14-year-old. So you have babies killing babies. And in New York City, we, we, you know, we're, we're not going to tolerate that. Eric Adams ran on a platform where it was unacceptable in the 80s for us to accept walking around with your radio, your car radio in your hand. Well, you know what? In the 2022s, it's unacceptable for us to be okay with kids getting killed, with police officers getting killed, with, with couples in their car getting shot and having the car burned down. Not going to happen. Um, so we're going to talk about those two topics with two spectacular guests. We're going to have Paul DiGiacomo back, uh, back cause he's been on the Idola power hour before. And then we're going to have, we're going to have Hank Schenkoff again. Uh, you know, mayor de Blasio announced today that he's running for Congress. I, we spoke about it, I think on Tuesday that, you know, he had told me that he was seriously considering it. Now he, he was on MSNBC this morning. Uh, and we're going to talk to Hank about what that looks like and also what's going on in the, in the mayor's administration in, in, uh, city hall. And we're going to have Padre lose libation. And without cheating, without cheating, someone, if you want to call in and tell us what was the name of the Nat King Cole album released by Capitol Records in 1962, it was Grammy nominated. Now, obviously, you could just jump on, you could just jump on Google and you could find the answer instantaneously. And if that's what you want to do and call in and act like a big shot, you go to put your hand on the pillow tonight and know that you cheated. Uh, I, you know what? I'll even give someone an Idola Power Hour glass. 877-970-2999. 877-970-2999. Nat King Cole, what was the name of the album? 1962 Capitol Records Grammy-nominated album. Give us a call. So while you're not addicted to anything, while you're healthy, while you're feeling good, that's the time to call Connors and Sullivan. How do you reach them? You dial 718-238-6500. 
Everyone who listens to AM 970, The Answer, should have that number memorized, if not tattooed on their forearm. Um, one of the several ways they can help you. Overall, they're going to help you with your estate plan. They're going to make sure that when you're not here, everything is in order and it's distributed in the way that you want it, distributed with the least amount of tax ramifications and the least amount of costs, quite frankly. Um, but they also can help you set things up while you still are still with us on the planet Earth. When you are healthy, you should think about what would happen if I was in a hospital? What would happen if I, for some reason, was incapacitated? Who could act as my power of attorney? Who could act as my healthcare proxy? Don't you want to make those decisions now when you're healthy, when you have a clear mind, when you're not stressed out? You don't want the state making those decisions. You don't want the courts involved. You don't want a doctor making a decision because you can't answer a particular question because you're incapacitated. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can now when you're healthy. All you have to do is call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. They know their stuff because they've been doing it for 40 years. They will create a plan that helps protect you best. So for a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s, like go back to college, learn to skateboard, Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. At aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a free three-minute chat with the friendly digital retirement coach, Avo, and receive personalized tips to help boost your savings. Start chatting with Avo today at aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 
Uh, without further ado, I will hand it over to Matt Sambolino, who could tell us uh, what the theme song uh, would show. That would be the theme song to NYPD Blue. And what better lead-in for our next guest, who has been a uh, member of the NYPD Blue since, uh, I don't know, Muffin was a kitten or something along those lines. <laughs> He's a friend of mine for a very long time. Paul, I'd want to tell him how long you've been a member because you look so much younger than you actually are. So I figure you might as well keep the... Oh, uh, thank you for the compliments, Arthur. I, I know how long you've been there. It's uh, Let's say it's a couple of decades plus. But um, Paul DiGiacomo is a detective, and he just happens to be the president of the Detectives Endowment Association. Welcome back to the show, Paul. It's always great to have you, especially on this Friday evening. How are you holding up? Good. Thank you very much, Arthur. How are you? Good, good. Were you um, were you at the uh, tribute today for uh, Detective Rivera and Detective Mora? Yes, I was. It was a very moving tribute in honor of uh, Detective Mora and Rivera. And uh, it's just uh, it's a reminder uh, what dangers face the police every day. Well, t- just tell us a little bit about what the tribute was about today. Where well, was it? Who was the, there? Uh, memorial. Well, it was a memorial uh, wall ceremony in which they put uh, Detective Mora and Detective Herrera's uh, picture and names up on the memorial wall in the 3-2 precinct. Okay. And, you know, that's that's an honor that uh, we wish on no one. So, Paul, there's something I need you to, to clear up, even for me, uh, who hangs around in the world of criminal law. Could you tell the listeners, what is the diaphragm law? And I know people are very upset about it. Um, so before we even talk about where we are with it right now, um, what is it? What is the diaphragm law? Well, the diaphragm law basically, uh, if you violate this law uh, as a law enforcement officer in New York City and you uh, are arresting a noncompliant subject and you put any pressure from the bottom of his neck to the top of the waist area, you could be arrested for a misdemeanor uh, or fined $2,500. So, meaning like, so it's called the diaphragm law, it literally means the diaphragm on your body? Correct. Uh, back and front, uh, which is virtually impossible to uh, subdue or apprehend or control a noncompliant subject um, without touching those parts of the body. Yeah, that's, that's, that is an understatement. I, I mean, I have no idea if someone is going to resist arrest, how you, uh, how you actually arrest them without grabbing that part of their body. Let me ask you this. Um, who who enforces that? So let's just say uh, someone is unruly and they're resisting arrest and you do grab them by their diaphragm and you, you are able to subdue them and put handcuffs uh, around them and take them to the precinct. And they're not hurt. They're not hurt. They're not hurt at all. But yes, you, uh, you, you touch them in a part of their body where they're not allowed to be touched. Who is it that uh, initiates any type of complaint because now i know police officers and detectives wear body cam well let me correct myself do detectives wear body cams or just uniformed officers well the, the uniformed detectives wear body cameras yes but uh it would be the five da's in, in uh, new york new york city uh, would be in charge of uh prosecuting those crimes but they, the law reads that there doesn't even have to be injury um to violate this law and it just further ties the hands of the police and puts the people of new york city and the members of the NYPD in more danger, and just involves the criminal element to be confrontational with the police. So I'm going to read a statement that you issued uh, regarding, so I, I, the diaphragm law, was it out of, of 
the uh, it says that this is the reinstatement of the Diane Frail law. So was it taken off the books yeah. and just put back on the books? Well, we, uh, the five the police unions uh, in New York City challenged the law, and we won. And then the city council took it uh, to the higher court, and uh, the judges ruled in favor of uh, of the city. So you won. You guys. Is, um, so you guys lost in the appellate division. Correct. That is correct. Okay. And, uh, and this I don't was, know this what was... the judges were thinking, to be honest, Arthur, but uh, it doesn't make common sense. Well, Paul, we'll take him out for a drink and we'll ask him. But um, mm-hmm. I'm going to read the statement that you issued today. It said, sure. if this is from uh, our guest today, DEA President Paul DiGiacomo. While we explore legal options, city officials are on notice that this decision risks lives in every neighborhood and further endangers my members. The historic crime and violence in New York City is already an uphill battle, and now here comes another boulder created by the city council rolling down at the police. Instead of trying to be woke, politicians in our city should wake up and concern themselves with the New Yorkers and cops being murdered. So uh, there's no doubt about how uh, DEA President Paul DiGiacomo feels about this. Uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, you know weighing your legal options. Obviously, the next layer of... Uh, of the law is to go up to the New York state court of appeals, which is the highest court in the state. Uh, what do you think you guys are going to do? Well, I think we're going to be pursuing that Avenue. Uh, we're still discussing it with the attorneys, but uh, we have to continue to fight for our members. You know, it, it's just sad that, um, you know, people are dying out there in the city of New York and on and late children are being shot. Police officers are being shot. Detectives are being shot. And uh, our politicians are not even concerned uh, about what's going on in the city in which they represent. It's very sad. Very, very sad time in our history. Um, Paul, you know, you've been around a long time, and I know mm-hmm. things are um, uncomfortable, to say the least, especially when you're riding the subway. There's not that feeling that there was a decade ago of safety. But I do know how long you've been uh, around, and, and you were walking the beat, um, I, I'd like to say, in the 1980s, if you don't mind me revealing that. Nin- 1983, that's correct. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're in a position where you're representing a lot of people, so you can't just speak for yourself, but I will tell you, you know, we're about the same age, you and I, I will tell you, I I do feel safer now than when I'm riding the subway than I did, uh, when I was in high school in 1984 and 85, and then in college in 86, 87, 88, um, you know, as a law enforcement official, Am I wrong to feel like the city is safer today than it was uh, 40 years ago? I don't believe so, because I don't remember uh, the amount of shootings uh, back then as there are now, where children are being shot, innocent people are being shot. Uh, The amount of guns that are out in the streets right now are are like I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, You know, we've taken over 4,500 guns off the street uh, in 2021. And only 17 percent of those uh, those people arrested were convicted of a, of a of a crime, you know. And I think when you start to see innocent people and stray bullets hitting children, uh, we really have to concern ourselves. And there's been violence on the subways, and no one should feel unsafe in New York City at any time, whether it be the 70s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or now. Um, everyone should feel safe, and not everyone does in every neighborhood. And that's uh, that's because of the policies and the laws that have been enacted by a lot of our, our politicians today. Well, uh, we're talking to Paul DiGiacomo, and 
Paul, obviously, you know, I'm the I'm a, I'm the optimist, so I would like the things that think that things are heading better, uh, heading in a better direction. Uh, look, I've been talking all week about the 11 year old girl, uh, Kahara Tay. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. devastated by that. Um, but I'm going to put you on the spot. So we're almost in June, right? So all of January, February, March, April, May. So we're five solid months into the Adams administration. And if you really want to mm-hmm. look at it. And we're going to be honest with each other because we know each other a long time. Mayor Adams won the Democratic primary in June. And Mm -hmm. he was a pretty good bet that he was going to win the general election. So, And that's the first time the primary was was held for mayor that far in advance. So he had a solid six months to prepare for the oath on January the 1st. And now he's had five months. So it's almost a year since he's been, let's say, uh, unofficially elected mayor. Uh, if you were sitting down with him right now, I'm not going to ask you to give him a report card or anything like that, but if you're sitting down with him and I know you have a great relationship with them and I'm not looking to sour it in any way, shape or form, but if you said, Hey, Eric, just me and you, you, you had this job that I have, you know what it's like. You wore a vest for 22 years. This is what needs to be done so that by the end of the year, I know nothing's going to happen overnight, Paul Giacomo, but by the end of the year, over the next seven months, I want us to have a a December tree lighting at Rockefeller Center, Christmas shopping season, and a New Year's Eve that's spectacular. Uh, What would you tell Mayor Adams needs to be done that he could actually do? Not stuff that has to be done in Albany that he can't do. Not stuff that, that the President of the United States has to cut him a big check that he can't do but what the mayor of the city of New York could do to make New Yorkers safer, not tomorrow, but in the next five or six months. Well, I would ask him for assistance in trying to get a special firearms prosecutor prosecutor appointed in New York City, uh, number one. Uh, Just like in the late 80s, early 90s, when there was the crack epidemic, they put together a special narcotics prosecutor. Now we need a special firearms prosecutor, prosecute prosecute crimes of people... uh, possessing and using firearms. And there must be a mandatory minimum. If you're caught with an illegal firearm, carrying or using it, there has to be a mandatory minimum time in jail uh, and a consequence of doing that. I think those two things will bring down uh, the violence in New York City. There has to be consequences if you carry a gun or use a gun. And a special prosecutor to concentrate on gun-related crimes and possession of illegal firearms. Now, Paul, um You know, I'm looking at the whole country, and it seems that crime is creeping up all over, or not creeping up, shooting up in Philadelphia, in Chicago, uh, in St. Louis. You know, is this uh, a New York issue? Is this a national issue? Uh, You know, how do do we view that? Well, I think we have to get uh, our concerns prioritized and concern ourselves uh, with the victims of crime and not the people committing the crimes. And I think uh, we have lost focus on, on victims and concentrate more on the criminal element. And I think that's a devastating mistake, not only here in New York City, but throughout the whole country. And uh, I hear people uh, often say that we don't want to fill our prisons with people of color. Uh, but I, my answer to them is, well, I don't think it's fair to fill our morgues with people of color as well. Well, that, you know, Paul, God bless you for, um, uh, for, for, you know, saying that because what people don't understand or they understand, but they don't say it is what you just said is that most of the victims of these crimes are, are people of color. 
Most of these people over who 94, are... Over 94%. That's correct. It, what, give me that number again. That's over 94%. And a lot of them are young children and very come from very, very uh, nice, established families, and they work hard, and nobody deserves to be walking in a neighborhood or walking in the street and have their child killed by a stray bullet. All right. Well, with Paul DiGiacomo, Paul, I got one minute left. Um, what What do you have to say about 11-year-old Kahara Tay? And, uh, you know, you guys arrested a 15-year-old. I believe you're looking now for a 14-year-old. Let's face it. These, these are babies, babies killing babies. You know, I, I, know, I yeah. can't make any sense of it. It breaks my heart. You know, what does Paul DiGiacomo, the president of the DA, have to say? Well, New York City detectives apprehended the end of the shooter today. It was a 15-year-old. And uh, they're still uh, looking to locate the driver of that motorcycle, who's an 18-year-old. And you can rest assured that the New York City uh, detectives will apprehend this individual and bring him to justice. And, and, and Paul DiGiacomo, what is justice for a 15-year-old who shoots off a gun mm-hmm. and kills an 11-year-old? Well, justice is uh, hopefully he'll spend the rest of his life in jail. But uh, that'll never uh, bring back the pain that this family has to suffer. I understand. Paul DiGiacomo, I know you never get a chance to rest or relax. Your uh, cell phone's always ringing, and you're, you're omnipresent representing your members. But have a great weekend, my friend, and uh, the airwaves are always open to you, Paul. Thank you so much for your support and understanding. Have a great Always day. got your back, Paul DiGiacomo. All right, folks, quick break. We're going to be back with Hank Shenkoff, so don't go away. Hank is awesome. I'm in a New York state of mind. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, immediately following the Arthur Idala Power Hour, it will be the fun Friday version of Radio Night Live. Christine Nicholas, yours truly, Kevin McCullough. We're going to have a great time, have a lot of fun. Hope you can join us. That's 7 o'clock tonight. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than... Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Like AM970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. 
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Yes, supposedly I am the quintessential New Yorker, and when the quintessential New Yorker needs to know something about the world of politics, I pick up the phone and I call Hank Schenkoff, Ph.D., who is a veteran political and business consultant and a crisis manager. So I'm going to cut right to the chase, Hank. Are we in crisis? Is uh, the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, in crisis yet? He's getting close. He's not there yet, and it's beginning to show. I mean, the legislature has given him a particularly tough time in getting anything that he wants. Um, he's being battered by uh, crime issues every day. And uh, on Friday this week, what happened? Well, somebody threw a candle, I think, from a roof. Um, yeah, tell, tell people a little bit about the normal world. Yeah, that, that, that happened just a little while ago. Just hang, just tell anyone, uh, just tell us, our listeners, uh, anyone who hadn't heard about it, what. What happened with the mayor today? Well, best I can understand, I didn't get all the details, but he was uh, talking and, and a can dropped off a roof and nearly hit him. And then two cops were sent up by, by the brass, you know, the bosses, to find out who was up there doing this. And you just don't do those things, especially to a mayor who's uh, supposedly somewhat popular with, with the average, average Joes and Janes. Yeah, and was a former police officer for 22 years. Well, it's, a way of, it's a way of humiliating him as a former cop, frankly, is what I think so, Hank, you know, he's been in, and this is, I just had Paul Giacomo on, the, the president of the DEA. And, you know, what I was remarking was he's the first mayor who's had such a long period of time bet- between the Democratic primary and uh, taking office. And, I, you know, I, I, as much as I uh, have fun hanging out with Curtis Sliwa, I don't think anyone was really under the impression that, that Eric Adams was going to lose to Curtis Sliwa in November. So he had from June, the primary, uh, until January, he's swearing in to be prepared to come into office. And now it's almost five months that he's in office. Uh, has he had an uh, uncharacteristically long honeymoon by the media, short honeymoon, average? Where are we at? No, it's, it's, it's long, and they, they already started on him uh, not too long after he uh, took the oath of office. But, you know, that's what happens. When you're sitting in that chair in the mayor's office, the whole world suddenly changes, and uh, it's not the most pleasant place to be. A lot of people have enjoyed it, but it's very hard. And you're going to get pounded by reporters every day because they're not your friends. They have an entirely different job to do than uh, politicians do, and oftentimes politicians don't understand that. They think somehow the media is supposed to help them. That's not how it works at all. Trust me. Well, Hank, let's let's just, you know, it's Friday, it's Friday evening. Uh, educators, uh, pretend you're teaching one of your college classes. What do you mean when, uh, like, Look, all the people in the media, they live in New York. The mayor's trying to fix New York, no matter who the mayor is. Uh, so why is it the, why does the media have a different job than the mayor? Shouldn't they be working together to make New York the best place it could be? Um, well, maybe, but they view it in different ways. The politician's job is to be watched by the reporters, and the politician's job is to avoid the reporters. 
it's a very simple problem. Reporters wake up in the morning, the best of them, I've known them all, and they wake up and the best of them say, hey, they have a question immediately. Like, what time is it? What are we doing? What's this? What's a they ask questions all day long. That's their job. And you win prizes not by saying what a wonderful person uh, so-and-so is, but by finding out who, what, what, the, what, the, uh, what the things that don't work about them are, are the most public and the most interesting to publicize. You know, good stories win policies not because they talk about the best in people, but because they find oftentimes the worst in people in situations. Or they find criticism where it's worthwhile. I mean, Eric Adams has been taking a pounding uh, from some of the press um, and others, some might think it's a, it's a significant, but, you know, in the normal course of things, mayors uh, need flak jackets when they get around reporters. It's the nature of how that relationship works. I got it. Um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, when I spoke to uh, Mayor de Blasio at the very end of his administration, uh, and we were talking about what, what Mayor Adams, Mayor-elect Adams was, you know, about to confront coming into uh, City Hall and Gracie Mansion, he, you know, Mayor, Mayor de Blasio said, you know, you get here with, with this long list of things to do and you get so sidetracked by uh, issues that are have immediate consequence and immediate decision and immediate distraction that it's very hard to get to your, the items that you campaigned upon. Is that, would you say that uh, you're agreeing with that statement? I agree, and 90%, 90, 95% of what you're doing in the immediate is covered by reporters because, by definition, news is immediate. It's new. It's in front of you. So those decisions are the ones that you have to make on split seconds or with no notice are the ones that receive the most coverage. And being in the mayor's office is one of urgency and emergency on a daily basis because anything that can happen and will go wrong does go wrong on a daily basis i.e. having a can tossed at you from someone when you're, making a, when you're about to make a presentation of some kind. Two cops being shot, murdered in, a, in an uptown pre, in, the, in the 32nd precinct uh, when you first get into office. On day one, a cop gets shot in a parking lot in the precinct in Manhattan. And the things that are going on, people being, being killed by cars and vehicular incidents on a regular basis, and a, and a city that he inherited that, is on, that has financial problems, uh, crime problems, infrastructure problems, um, problem upon problem upon problem that he is now responsible to repair or at least make palatable on a daily basis. Not an easy position to be in. So when you're saying he inherited, it's no secret who he inherited from. He inherited from Mayor de Blasio, who today, this morning, this very morning uh, in May, announced that he's going to run for office yet again. Now, Mayor's uh, have run for office a second time. Giuliani ran for president. Bloomberg ran for president. De Blasio, I guess if you want to call it, ran for president when he was the sitting mayor. Uh, but now he's going to run for Congress. Hank, in your uh, encyclopedic knowledge uh, memory, when was the last mayor who of New York City who ran successfully for office after they left? None that I can think of. But most, a couple of them ran away. You know, their the friends of government sent them to foreign places and they would get locked up. Aguirre was one example. I mean, uh, let's see, Impelitari, no. Aguirre, uh, Impelitari, uh, Wagner, um, Lindsay, um, Beam, Koch. Right. Uh, let's see, after Koch went for governor. Dinkins. Uh, Koch, then it was uh, Dinkins, uh, and then it was Giuliani. Bloomberg, and uh, then it was de Blasio, right? Is that correct? Yeah, that's that correct. Is correct. And now it's Adams. 
None of them have uh, run for, none of them, a couple of them tried, um, and where none were successful in, in, uh, in, in getting to higher office. But they, you know, it just didn't work that way, you know. Well, you use an interesting term, yeah. though, Hank Shankroff. You said in running for a higher office. I don't know anyone who, at least my opinion, is uh, being a congressperson from lower Manhattan and uh, Brooklyn. I would not say that's a higher office than running for than being the mayor of the city of New York. Am I correct in that? Uh, well, that the, thought? This, David Garth, and may rest in peace, the, the quintessential political consultant of the uh, of the 60s, 70s, and and 80s would would, would coin the phrase, I think, in an ad, but it was the second toughest job in America, and it may be the, the toughest job in America on a daily basis. So I understand why some people might not consider it a higher office. It is the most difficult, uh, maybe more difficult than the president because you've got more staff to, to protect you when you have a whole Congress of your own party generally that protects you. He's got nobody to protect him but himself. But, I mean, running no. for Congress, I mean, that's a pretty step, big step down, wouldn't you say, sir? When you're out of New York, you're out of town. That's all I can say. Washington is not New York. You know? Oh, there you it's go. It's a great song. So, when you're far away from New York town, you're nowhere at all. That's true. They, so, Hank Shankoff, uh, what are de Blasio's chances of being Very, very good today. Look at the cast of characters he's got running against him. Who is it? Listen, he'll do very well in, lo- the, in the district, for definition. Lower Manhattan and the significant portion of Brownstone and other parts of Brooklyn, right? Including Borough Park. Um, how will it work out? It'll work out very well if he has to, with the president cast of opponents. Why? Because he's perfect for this job. This is not a job where you run around having to manage things all day long. This is a job of great blah blah. Well, what you have to do is hire people who do casework in the, in the district, and you get to talk about big issues, and you get to ramble on all day long. He will do very well in one-on-ones with reporters, and he'll be able to do what he knows how to be best which is run for office or be a political strategist. That's right, what yeah. he's good at. I agree with that statement. That's what he's I, and, good at. Hank, before I let you go, back of the envelope, how much does a race like this cost? Started a million bucks, probably. Could go as high as three, four, depending upon how many people get in. You think he'll be able to raise that money? Oh, sure. People, he'll get the money. He'll get the money. It's a perfect job for him. All he's got to do is to talk about, I'll force the bad guys in Washington to get real gun control. And I'll fight for women's right to choose. And I'll fight to make sure New York City gets its fair share. I'll do what others, you know, and that'll be the end of it. He'll just blab his way in. And that's, he'll win this thing with the present group of candidates running against him. All right. Well, there you have it. On a Friday evening, you got Hank Shanko. Hank, on a personal note, you doing anything fun this weekend? Or are you just going to sit home and read encyclopedias so you can spew it all out all week long in the media? Well, I, I hope. But I hope to see my children, I think, on Sunday. My son has COVID, so I will see my daughter. I hope he gets well real fast, Isaac. And um, I'm going to relax, and I need a break. I had, a, you know, I had enough of the, uh, the shootings and the, thing, and the seizure of guns in schools and all the things we're reading about. Uh, New Yorkers could use a break for a while. You know? me, I'm me with you. I'm Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Author Idola Power Hour, the great Hank Shankoff, a New York City treasure on so many different fronts, I can't even name them all. Hank, thanks for finding the time to jump on the air with us. I'm grateful to all of you. Have a wonderful time, Arthur. Be well. God bless. All right, folks, one more quick break, and we're going to come back with Padre Lou's Libation. Stay tuned.
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-267. Are you a real estate investor looking to refinance one or more of your properties? Most lenders only work with cookie-cutter W-2 borrowers. At Cash Call Mortgage, we have loans designed specifically for investment properties. We qualify customers based on the cash flow from the investment property. Borrowers can get up to $2.5 million. That's right, $2.5 million. No tax returns or employment verification needed for our investment property loans and absolutely no lender or broker fees. If you're a real estate investor looking to refinance a mortgage on one or more of your investment properties, give Cash Call Mortgage a try. To see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call now, 800-940-7998. That's 800-940-7998. 800-940-7998. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License Number 4131083. Not licensed in all states including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Or visit CashCallMortgage.com. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Spring means new beginnings and growth. So let's get your business's seeds planted now with Salem Surround. Look, there's a lot of competition for your brand and the services you provide. But we want you to stand out. How? By making sure people find you faster and easier on the web. By helping you grow your positive online reviews. By bringing you the leads your business needs to thrive. Our team of media strategists are just like you. We live here, work here, and know the communities you're trying to reach. That's because we're local and here to serve you with boots on the ground and the know-how of a nationwide digital agency. At Salem Surround, we do it all. From digital audio to streaming television, SEO to paid search, social media and websites. We're media strategists and we're proud of what we do. There's only one thing we're missing. You. Let's grow together. Visit SurroundNewYork.com. Surround New York. Connecting you to new customers. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. If I could turn back time. If I could find a way. If she could turn back time, she would be 76 years old today. Oh, shit, go, baby. Crank it out, Sam Bolin. Crank it out. Just spend a couple seconds. This is Cher. I didn't want to see you go I 
on her 76th birthday in uh, this crazy world that we live in. I don't know. Turn back time. Where would you turn it back to? The 50s when people were hanging out on roofs and in empty lots in the, in the Bronx. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where we would turn back time to. But an organization that is near and dear to my heart and is something that is really doing uh, its part in making New York the best it could be is the NIA Community Services Network. I spoke about it the other day. They've been doing this since 1981, and it's basically a grassroots community organization. They're friends of mine, and they have a big uh, 5K walk, uh, run walk tomorrow in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, down on Shore Road. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. Right now it's pouring in Midtown Manhattan, but uh, tomorrow's supposed to be beautiful. 8 o'clock in the morning, go down to the pier, take a walk with them, and support all that they do, trying to build strong children, strong families, and strong communities uh, they're, they're all over the place. They have 50, they started off in a little neighborhood by Regina Pachis and Santa Rosalia, um, on 13th Avenue and 12th Avenue and 65th street. And now they're everywhere. Uh, and, uh, they're really, they're doing something. You know, a lot of us talk about helping the community, but they are helping the community and congratulations to Mary Ancino and Mike Beauvais and all the other people over there who work so hard, uh, at the NIA community services network to make New York City, the best place that it could be. And tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, they'll be down at the 69th Street Pier uh, doing a little walk and raising some money to help New York and help New Yorkers, especially young New Yorkers. Speaking of uh, Mike Beauvais and all things Italian and Mary Hancino, there's a great new Sicilian restaurant that's opened. It's getting outstanding reviews. Uh, I think my parents were going to go tonight, but the weather uh, slowed them down. Uh, but I'm going to definitely go there for lunch next week. It's called Cecilia Osteria. Sicily Osteria. Uh, it's in the theater district. It's on 46th Street, Restaurant Row. Uh, it, there's a lot of great restaurants there. There used to be the famous La Ravista that was there that succumbed to the pandemic. But um, Sicilian cuisine is, uh, you know, it was something no one thought about years ago. And now it is omnipresent in my little neighborhood in brooklyn new york there's a restaurant called amunine which means let's go in bay ridge uh you know where you got your whole rice bowl situation going on uh so and a lot of other great sicilian delicacies eggplant and uh some great uh seafood salad uh and they have their own special meatballs uh so Check it out. Sicily Osteria on 46th Street. There's also Piccolo Cucina, which is also a, a dedicated Sicilian restaurant. Speaking of Sicilians, uh, well, before I get to Padre Luz's uh, suggestion for the week, uh, he recommended that you guys should always have in your fridge some simple syrup. Now, I don't have this. Um, I'm trying to, you know, watch the LBs. That would be the pounds. But so I avoid the sugar. But the simple syrup you could use in various cocktails. So you could buy a bottle at the supermarket. They're all over the place now. Or you can make your own. You just buy some super fine sugar, add uh, to equal parts warm water, and shake it in a jar until it's dissolved. Uh, If you just happen to have regular granulated sugar at home, you can put equal parts of sugar and water in a pot, bring it to a boil until it's dissolved on the stove, and refrigerate it until you're ready to use. Now, the question that I asked, John from Piscataway, it's that away. Uh, He had the right answer. That in 1962, Capitol Records released his Grammy-nominated album by Nat Nat King Cole called Ramblin' Rose. No G, Ramblin' Rose. So here is Padre Lou's Ramblin' Cocktail. Uh, you You have to go to the grocery store and buy a small basket of delicious and healthy raspberries. 
which are uh, in season or coming into season as we speak. You're going to use two ounces of gin, one ounce of lemon juice, uh, and a half an ounce of simple syrup. You're going to put those three ingredients, you're going to put them in a shaker, shake well, make it really cold, then pour it into an ice-filled old-fashioned glass. Put four or more raspberries into the shaker, add another half ounce of simple syrup, and muddle the raspberries just a little bit. That means, you know, grind them up a little bit. Then pour everything over the drink. And yet you can know what? Marianne, my bride, she always likes to use a straw. So if you want, you could use a straw and sit back, have a sip, savor it, swallow it, and dream away to the mellifluous tones of the still great Nat King Cole as you think about what you're going to do this weekend. One of the things that I may be doing this weekend is helping my five-year-old take this tooth out of his mouth because he called me and um, told me that he's got a loose tooth at five years old. So uh, as we leave, life's little instruction book, number 223 and 224. 223, praise in public. 224, criticize in private. And out of the handbook of my own grandfather, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Have a great, great weekend, everyone. We love you. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.